Hello and welcome to the 38th episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast, bringing you that 2 a.m. energy at all hours of the day. My name is Thomas. It's what we do best, and uh, I'm, I'm Jordan here doing it again. Quite so. Uh, we are a weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. Uh, this week we'll be jumping right on into 1035, then later chapters 430 through 441. For once, I don't have too much to say here. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen eventually. Oda's been hitting us for like the entire year plus with like a fresh, fun uh, cover page. That wasn't like part of a an arc, right? And that's what we've been using as the thumbnail art. But it is my concern that if like the rest of this Germa thing takes place on their boats, uh, that might not make for very interesting uh, thumbnail art. So we'll see what happens with that. But we'll figure something out. Yeah. For now, the Germa are just sailing away. Suckers. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like this particular bit. That is entitled Escape Whole Cake Island. I don't remember like what the usual naming convention is. <laughs> um, but if this entire arc is how they escaped, looks like they're pretty much done. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> uh, you don't think they're gonna they're gonna give any chase? You don't think they care? Um, well, I mean, we know Big Mom arrived on Wano shortly after the like, main group of Straw Hats. So I'm not sure, like, how much of the main force can be dedicated to this. I mean, like, Katakuri is not on Wano, uh, Oven, and, like, who else is there that we care about? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I guess they kind of just got a free pass, huh? I guess so. No, I was reading, as it kind of pertains to the very first page of the chapter, as a matter of fact. Oh, my. Yeah. I was reading something on the, uh... It was the Reddit page and like the chapter release thread. Someone thought it would be funny if uh, after Sanji blasts Queen away, uh, he flew so far that he landed like on the Germa boats wherever they are now, and like <laughs> that's kind of how we get backstory on Mads is through this cover art with Queen and Judge. That would be pretty neat. <laughs> I'd like that. People were theorizing all sorts of fun ways or fun places that a uh, Queen could end up. Yeah, he's flying quite a distance, huh? Oh, yes. Was not expecting this man to be literally blasted off the island, but here we are. No, he's a big dude. <laughs> like, kudos to Sanji, damn. Indeed. Uh, yep, that's the very first thing that happens. Uh, Sanji seems to have actually finished off this fight, as I guess most people thought that would be the case. I was kind of hoping for one more chapter, but, you know, can't all get what we want. Not this time. Sorry. I do really like this uh, thing on page two where uh, Sanji hands over the mouse that he apparently had time to sweep into his pocket during the, uh, the like final kerfuffle at the end of the previous chapter. I mean, yeah, this just puts one final nail in how fast he is. <laughs> Indeed. And it's also a nice way to cap off this like existential crisis that he was having. Just wasn't all that long ago that he was worried he was going to lose his humanity like his brothers. And the final thing that happens is the fight. It's him remembering how much of a good boy he was back then. 
and he's realizing that uh, that's probably not going to happen to him. Yeah, he's still a good boy. Good for you, Sanji. Yeah, I mean, his his quote-unquote last words are <laughs> asking, you know, is she all right? So, obviously, still cares a whole lot, so mm-hmm. no worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, though, it does seem like Sanji is going to be out of commission for a while, at least. Not going to see him taking part in uh, any conflict for a little bit, at least. What if they have another of those super shots and they just pump him <laughs> full of juice? Uh, I mean, certainly could happen. Maybe it just, they just happen to have one snuck into the like medical kit that uh, Osome is fetching right at the end here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure they have access to mink tech, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but Sanji also, well, we don't know his, like, regenerative properties, I guess. But, uh, I mean, he's fallen over. <laughs> I'm just, it, we saw him restore a whole bunch of stuff, and now he's just going sideways. I'll be interested to see when we check up on him, I guess. Maybe he's not passed out because of his injuries. He's just tired. <laughs> it could be. I don't know the last time any of them slept. Uh yesterday <laughs> okay i mean like this has been taking place over like a night i'm sure they got rest the night before well maybe not they had to like run away from like the bombs that were like being blasted on their ship because orochi like found out or what have you so i don't know maybe they're not particularly well rested but uh sanji for the moment gonna take a nap good for you big guy well deserved <laughs> quite so uh, then, I believe the entire rest of this chapter is dedicated to the uh, title, Zoro vs. King. Following up right where we left off, uh, kind of seem to have skipped ahead a tiny bit to a sword slash that uh, Zoro has landed on King after he was starting to use his Conqueror's Hockey in the last uh, instance of this fight. Landed a big old vertical slash on his big dumb King face. His mask is torn off, and it uh, turns out his face is not so dumb. He's a handsome, handsome He's man. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so good looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You didn't have to go all out on this, Oda, but he did, and I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> yeah, the hair, the eyes, the face, mm-hmm, the bones, mm-hmm. like, it's all just good. Until he turns into a dinosaur, but we'll get there. <laughs> Even then, slightly upgraded <laughs> to, like, the last time I think we saw his full dinosaur face where he was, like, launching his something out of it. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as this is happening, uh, Zoro appears to have figured out, like, the main secret uh, to this man's biology, the one that actually pertains to this fight. Uh, and that is, apparently, when uh, King's flame on his back goes out, he gets faster but his defense drops considerably. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I guess just through trial and error, he got there. Uh, I, I did not go back and, like, check every time that Zoro has landed a hit, but I would assume he didn't have his flames out when it happened, you know? Well, I think this is, like, the first real attack that he's, like, landed on him i don't think anything else is like drawn blood even no not drawn blood but hit him i don't know like we we got the slight reveal before so he had to have done some damage 
Well, at that time, we were trying to figure out whether or not, like, the dark mark, like, on his, like, above his eyebrow was blood or a tattoo. Um, turns out it is indeed a tattoo, so I don't think he actually even took any damage from that slash. I think that was just tearing up his mask a little bit. Well, I guess so, but if that's the case, then I find it very weird that the rest of his outfit is not more torn up because <laughs> Zoro sure. has done a fair number of slashes and I doubt he blocked them all. Like, Yeah, there's a bit of an inconsistency here now, isn't there? <laughs> Just how yeah, durable like, is this man's clothing? <laughs> right. I'm not arguing with you about the blood thing on that first slash for sure, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a weird reveal. It, Zoro looks cool doing it, but uh I don't know. I guess it, the, the explanation wasn't quite there for me. <laughs> Understandable. It's also, I mean, they go into it a little bit more later with like, oh, he is a Lunarian and like the government's trying to unlock the secrets of why his defense is so weird. Um, but like, this is very strange. It's like a, a species ability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what about his biology? I mean, I don't, we don't need to go into it too much, but how is it how is this flame boosting his defense when it is out and when it is gone it boosts his speed why <laughs> right i i thought that i read it wrong the first time i thought that it was when his flame was out he went faster because it's like a jet engine or something <laughs> sure that one makes way more sense to me than fire defense boost it's very curious i don't think it's yeah. gone into at all throughout the chapter why he like exploded when he took a slash in that last bit. No, I I didn't see anything about it. Maybe we missed something, but uh, I don't think that's been clarified just yet. Uh, strange man, this king, but uh, I guess we should move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, he takes off his jacket, or takes off his mask. I don't know why I read that as jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. Uh, this prompts his subordinates nearby, which are waking up after that Congress hockey blast from Zoro uh, in that previous chapter, to start speculating about some rumors that they've heard about this guy. Apparently, uh, his black wings, white hair, and brown skin uh, indicate that he is a Lunarian, as we find out for sure later. And apparently there is a 100 million berry reward just for a tip-off about this guy. But... Mm -hmm. That's pretty bonkers. I mean, Luffy was being offered at like a hundred million berries for defeating a warlord of the sea. And just like any amount of intelligence about a Lunarian gets you that amount. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why also the fact so that he, well, also he has black wings and is a pretty prominent member of a pretty powerful dude's like pirate crew. You would think you'd I, you'd think you'd be able to put some pieces together that like that's a thing. We do get a little bit of backstory here um, later, but that just makes it stranger because the right. government knows that they escaped at the same time, or at least they should. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I hmm. I'm kind of confused about this chapter. The government's getting s sloppy, or I uh, I don't know. King's not sloppy, though. Got oh, absolute control over all this fire. Quite so. Drawing some serious parallels between this man and Katakuri, because he does, like, the exact same thing. 
when Katakuri was found out with his like teeth and mouth situation, uh, the witnesses had to be killed. And uh, literally the same thing happens here. Yeah. Uh, it's just a running theme now. I guess so. Their style is even kind of the same. <laughs> Long legs. <laughs> yeah. It's in fashion these days. It sure is. Uh, but yeah, he summons a big old dragon-shaped flame, the Imperial Flaming Winds, and melts those guys. <laughs> R.I.P. to them. Yeah, they got it rough. Meanwhile, Zoro has climbed out the hole <laughs> and would rather <laughs> fight out there. <laughs> I mean, when you have the opportunity, take it, right? I suppose so. I don't really see what benefit Zoro obtains by fighting outside compared to inside. Because you would think that, I mean, I'm sure Zoro has a plan. He's He does quite well for himself going forward. But you would think you would want to fight, fight the flying man in a more enclosed area to make it easier. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I guess unless you want him to be flying, but like... That's not how the fight goes mm-hmm. anyway. Maybe he just wanted to show off how good of a climber he is. <laughs> <laughs> I am impressed, yeah. so he accomplished that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well done, Zoro. Uh, he shoots some barb worms down there, uh, asks him what he is. He doesn't get an answer because, you know, Kane is under no obligation to reveal that information. Uh, chases him out and shoots some somethings at him as he chases him out the out the hole. Dun 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 and kaboom! It says. Yeah, followed by uh, a gank, I guess. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, Zoro blocks uh, pretty much all of these. I don't see him taking any of these hits. Uh, but Kane does manage to close the gap. They clash in midair for a hot second, and uh, they trade some more words. Now, uh, also in that same Reddit thread uh, when the chapter came out yesterday, Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a bit of a contention, which is apparently uh, in the fan translation that came out previously, uh, where Kane says here, I can sense the threat you represent. Uh, in the fan translation, he says, like, I'm getting tired too, which kind of sends oh. some people into a tizzy because this man has taken literally one attack <laughs> this entire Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this translation a lot better for how I want this fight to go. <laughs> Indeed. Now, granted, Kane did also do some fighting with Marco, but I'm pretty sure he had his flame out that entire time, so I don't think those attached to Marco were doing any real damage to him at that time either. Probably not. Yeah. So just this one main attack that he just took from uh, Zoro. So, uh, and that wasn't even that bad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, his face isn't cut. There's like <laughs> no, a little bit of blood like bruising on his face, but... Dude looks pretty much fine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Zoro, now kind of knowing what is up with this man's race, has now decided that he doesn't care about it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Before he was saying he needed to figure it out in order to win, and now he's just like, eh, whatever. He's got the relevant information. Um, but, yeah, even then it was weird that he wanted to know what his race was. So I'm glad he has changed his tune on that, kind of, sort of. <laughs> He's a mysterious man, Zoro. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, and to add to that mystery, he appears to have added to his three sword style by adding the words King of Hell to the front. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, he has flames around his sword, basically. So, like, I get it. It's a good name, actually. Much better than some of the others we've seen recently. So, yeah, kudos to him. It is a few steps above Law's Kroom. So, it's pretty good in my you book. you got to keep dunking <laughs> on Kroom, don't you? Oh, I'm going to until it changes. Or until we get an explanation for what it is. You'd rather dunk on Kroom than shock whatever? Uh, shock Willie? <laughs> Shock Willy is fine because it is silly. As oh, okay. yeah, there's a certain you know the rule of cool, but there's also a rule of silliness. It's pretty much the same. And there's thing. no rule of croom, no, so certainly not. Uh, Team though gets his own cool guy. I'm a loyal man moment, uh, declaring that Kaido is going to be the man who becomes the king of the pirates. And we get a uh, one page mini flashback to how these two met. Love to see those tight pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> this man was riding a motorcycle at one point in his life, and he owned it. Every time we've seen Kaido in a flashback, he has just had the skinniest legs, and yep. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. And right now, with like the chains around his arms and everything, mm-hmm. like it's just a good vibe. He's got a real biker aesthetic going for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it a lot. But, uh, it would appear that sometime in the past... Uh, Kane looks pretty young there, so this was probably decades ago. Uh, Kaido and Kane were being kept in the same government facility. Uh, I assume it is Punk Hazard, because there's a little PH uh, in that bottom panel where they're walking away. See that on the tower there? Oh, I sure do. I'm assuming that PH stands for Punk Hazard. And we know that, like, the, like, ancient giant experiments were happening there so i think that all pretty much adds up uh, yeah if it's gonna happen anywhere yeah it's gonna be there pretty much i'd be interested to know like who was like the scientists in charge of this operation this is presumably before like the advent of vegapunk is that the way it's been described previously it doesn't sound like it was like all that long ago that uh well it had to have been at least two decades, because that was all before uh, Maz got broken up before Judge like founded his own country. So maybe Vegapunk would have been working for them at this time. Uh, point is, it's a mystery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, it's a mystery unlike King's actual name, <laughs> which is Albert. Yeah, uh, that's a cute little name. Uh, I guess Kaido agrees it is cute. Too cute, because he immediately decides that his name is Kane from now on. <laughs> yep. Yes, he does. Also, like, when King and Zoro first started fighting, didn't King kind of say, like, I'm not a swordsman, but I'll fight you as one? Uh, yes. He has a sword in his origin flashback. I- like, is that a sword? He... Oh, that's what I read it as. I don't know if isn't i mean it very well could be but just judging from this tiny panel that could very well just be like a stick he found on the ground (laughs) i guess that is true yeah hmm there's no like hilt or anything yeah it's just like kind of a long thing with a flame on the end that i assume is his fault yeah and i don't i don't know how young he is here uh so yeah could just be 
small person energy of pick up stick and play with it. I mean, that's the Kaido. He looks like a tiny child, but Kaido's a big guy. So yeah, he could be like fully grown here for all we know. Could be. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't have facial hair and he does in the future. That I can tell you. <laughs> so some amount of time has passed. That much we can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> His features also get a lot harsher, but like, is that puberty or is that just getting older? Yeah. No one can tell. He does a lot of combat after this. So maybe he's just like hardened since then. <laughs> he got punched a bunch yeah, and exactly. he just became beautiful <laughs> because of it. That's the way it works. It worked for uh, Duval. It worked for uh, <laughs> Wanze. That's his name. Uh, yeah. So Kaido says a little thing here. Uh, and King asks him, can you change the world we live in? To which Kaido responds, I'm the only one who can change it. Which has sent uh, the world, myself included, into speculation mode. Uh, remember like in that chapter where Luffy got beaten and tossed off floating Onigashima? Yeah. At that time, Kaido said to Luffy, looks like you couldn't become Joy Boy either. Which implies, of course, that Kaido knows something about the true history of the world, despite not having ever been to Laugh Tale. Which is weird, because all the information we've gotten about Joy Boy up until then has been from a poneglyph, and he shouldn't have any method of reading them. Um, So this, combined with that, Kind of makes it sound like Kaido thought that he was going to be the new Joy Boy. And I guess sometime after that, he came to the conclusion that it wasn't him. Just because of the, like, you couldn't become Joy Boy either part uh, of what he said before. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I assume that is from personal experience. It could be from, I don't know, someone else he knew, but that just doesn't, like work as well thematically or anything so maybe he was talking about roger himself but i don't know i kind of like this idea better though yeah yeah i do too but it does this page does do a great job of characterizing past kaido as a man with dreams uh and dreams and confidence yeah and nowadays he wants to die in a cool way what has what changed here kaido I think maybe he just sat at the top for too long, and then, like, I don't know, he couldn't, maybe he couldn't become Joy Boy, and it just made him really depressed. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. I mean, he drinks all the time. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And he's literally suicidal, so. (laughs) Yeah. This checks out. I mean, Whitebeard drank all the time, too, but, like, well, I don't know. Anyway. Whitebeard had cute nurses, so. It's slightly <laughs> more going for him than Kaido does, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> uh, the flashback ends. Uh, Zoro launches that attack he was charging up uh, a few pages ago. One we've seen before, uh, the Purgatory Onigiri. Kane dodges it, though, uh, for some reason, even though he should just be able to tank it like he did before, in theory. Uh, Zoro notices that the flames are on him right now, so there's no point in attacking. Uh, luckily for him, he doesn't have to just do nothing because it's Kane's turn to attack right now. Launches, uh, some very hot flames that Zoro describes as being like magma. Well done. That's yeah. very hot. Jeez. Don't, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Kane follows that up with a very cool looking giant sword slash that collides with Zoro's swords in the air. But uh, oh no, it turns out this is his like weird grooved sword that's meant to steal Zoro's swords. But Zoro repels him with a conqueror's hockey blast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, didn't, didn't really understand this bit, I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, it's obviously conqueror's hockey, but... I guess King just responds immediately with his own, and they re- they repel? Is that what happens? King has not been shown to have Conqueror's Hati. Um, and we assume that he's, like, done at the end of this chapter, so I think just, like, kind of tossing it in here would be a weird way to try and insinuate that he does. But... It could just be a simple matter, like Zoro is using Contra's hockey to strengthen himself, and it's just like pushing away. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if Zoro's pushing away, that's great. If King is like just kind of being repelled, that's weird to me, I guess. Um, but I mean, I'm sure Zoro has the strength to just physically push himself away and then pull his swords with him if he's using Conqueror's hockey. Indeed. There's no doubt, yeah. I wish it was a little bit more clear what specifically is happening, but there is certainly no contradiction here. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Zoro does some spinny spins and lands on the ground, uh, but oh no, uh, Kane has disappeared. He's going real fast, lands a kick to his face from the looks of it, uh, but his flame is gone. So Zoro takes that as an opportunity to slash him with a classic bird dance slash. Get some right in the chin, oofa doofa. Oh, I love this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This one's this one's pretty great. Just a nice shot right there, and uh, just thinking about how quick Zoro needs to react here in this moment. You know, like not only is King sped up, but like he's turning around and attacking at the same time, and he lands it right down the middle. Super satisfying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. People like to characterize Zoro as like the slow one out of the main three of the straw hats, but he's no slouch. He can swing those swords with the best of them. Yeah. That's why he's been <laughs> training so long, you know, indeed. Uh, but that was a clean hit right on Kane's smug chin. Uh, Kane realizes that Zoro has realized that he's got a weird body. Uh, they trade blows again for a little bit longer, uh, and barbed words, of course. Kane says, biologically incapable of defeating me. Uh, Zoro doesn't accept that and charges in. Then Kane goes in for <laughs> what appears to be literally the same attack as before, but bigger. Extra large yeah. Imperial flaming wings. Uh, it didn't work, but hey, maybe maybe a bigger one will. Yeah, fair enough. May as well give it a shot, right? When the man has like two attacks, may as well use the same one, but larger. That's what I always say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Charge it up. Why not? Indeed. Zoro leaps into the air, charging up a King of Hell, Three Sword Serpent, 103 Mercies, Dragon Damnation. It's a mouthful. Yeah, I wonder if uh, all this time Zoro has had a devil fruit that increases his attack potency if he like has really long attack names. <laughs> yeah, it's increased for every character in the name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he cleaves right through this dragon made out of magma light flames and lands a big ol' three-sword style Conqueror's Hockey Slash 
right on uh, Kane's chest from the looks of it. Looks real cool. Yeah, I love the uh, shot of the split dragon. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty, uh, I don't know, it's neat. It's got Onigashima in the background. It really shows the scale of both of these attacks. Quite so. And I assume he had to have used the uh, technique he learned from Kinemon to slice right through it in the first place. I don't think that's just a thing that Conqueror's Hockey can do. So Probably not, you know. He would have had to, like, dodge and then attack otherwise. So Wouldn't have been nearly as clean that way. Indeed. We stepped one whole step here. Well done, Zoro. Well done, Kinemon. So, judging from how Sanji's fight ended at the beginning of this chapter, um, seems like Tina's probably done for good now. I kind of hope we get one more chapter. (laughs) I mean... I'm not even, like, a big Zoro (laughs) fan, but I want... I want some more explanation or something. Like, I'm sure we'll get more after the battle's actually done, but... That's what I thought about the Sanji Queen thing, and yet... (laughs) Here we are. Yeah. We'll see. I I think we've got two weeks this time? Uh, yes. Next week is a uh, Shonen Jump break, so there's probably going to be spoilers abound uh, well before it actually comes out, so be careful out there. Great. But before we actually move on from the chapter, I did want to bring up a uh, sentiment I've been seeing in the fandom over the last two weeks since the last chapter came out. People have been speculating whether or not uh, the Toby Ropo and or the Calamities, including Jack, are going to awaken and dip back up to fight again later in this arc. Um... The evidence for that being just that way back when we first found out about Awakening and Impel Down, uh, quick recovery time was described as, like, their signature thing, you know? Sure. And on the one hand, I do think it is very strange that the Beast Pirates, like, probably, these guys are probably the most powerful Zoan users in the world, save for Kaido himself, uh, don't have Awakening, uh, or at least have not been shown to. But it, on the other hand, sure does seem too late for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, like, what what would the fight be at that point? Would it just be sort of a... Well, I don't know. I was going to say a thrashing, but our, our dudes are pretty tired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I might have, like, still been kind of on board with this idea had Queen not just been blasted off the island and Sanji passed out. Um, mm. But... I don't know. It is weird, though, that like I, these guys, none of them have shown Awakening. Not a single one. It is weird, especially since, like, Kid and Law just passively talked about unlocking theirs. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see Luffy's, honestly. Yeah. Now, maybe Kaido will have Awakening, and that'll factor into his, like, super toughness in some capacity. Um, and, like, Awakening has been pretty rare. We've seen, like... I think, like, six total guys, including the four, like, Zoan beasts from Impel Down, so. Yeah, not many. Yeah. Just a little weird. A little weird here, Oda. You introduce this concept, and then none of the, like, strongest guys on Kaido's crew can do it. Yeah, he's been holding back. Like, if it's... 
if it's as rare as it has been shown to be, then why are four of them <laughs> guarding Impel Down? Exactly. It's a little strange. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Like I said before, Shonen Jump itself is on a break. The next chapter comes out on January 3rd, which is actually a Monday in this particular case. Um, so this one is the final chapter of the year. Way to go. Indeed. We made it. Uh, and I believe that takes us into the reread. All right. We're here. 4.30 to 4.41 uh, from a tearful goodbye to a fresh start. <laughs> I just want to say that like everything to do with the Mary and then the building of the Sunny is just like is so well done in this chunk. It covers all of it in this bit. Um, from, like, the crew getting to say goodbye to Luffy calling Zoro and Sanji idiots uh, <laughs> oh. to Tom's worker and Doc One working together on the ship to the point of exhaustion. Like, it's all just so good. Um, and, and making something so sad also, like, heartwarming and rewarding is a challenge, but Oda nailed it. Quite so. That little boat has been the crew's home since well before they even got to the Grand Lion. And seeing it go is certainly heartbreaking, but it was the Mary's time. Yeah, just did it right. Wonderful stuff. Dude. Um, and then, like, you know, Garp shows up and <laughs> is weird. Uh, he brought Kobe and Helmeppo with him, finally paying off on one of the... Uh, story cover arcs actually from like a while back yeah, i that think it was like the second cover arc i believe <laughs> oh my god okay yeah a long while back then um and i know we're not supposed to really like him but uh this helmeppo man is a real ding dong <laughs> how so what has helmeppo done to hurt you sir he changes his appearance almost as much as he can <laughs> and yet he still expects others to recognize him like you're probably not the only dude with a butt chin. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, in his defense, he did also introduce himself by name, and they still didn't know. And it took a great deal of explanation before they uh, actually remembered. It sure did. Uh, Poor guy. But just to see Luffy have, uh, well, I guess multiple friends in the Marines uh, feels good. Just to see really how far his charisma can go. <laughs> Even though one of them is his grandpa, but whatever. And then they're like casually trading like Navy science secrets. <laughs> Kobe's just out here revealing like the sea stone coating that lets them cross the calm belt. I guess he doesn't think Luffy's going to remember shit like that. And he's right, but... <laughs> no, I think Luffy and Zoro just kind of forget that. They don't tell Frankie or Usopp. And they're just like, meh, that, that's nice for them. Unfortunately for them, though, Nami was wiretapping, so <laughs> she, at the very least, knows this intel. I, yeah, I don't think that they've, they haven't, like, implemented that themselves, have they? I would. Well, I mean, they still have to get a hold of a sizable chunk of sea stone to make that happen, so. I guess that's true. Yeah, save up for a little it's bit. It's, like, said to be a very rare material, and, like, I don't remember if this is explicitly stated, but I think... Vegapunk, like, made it. I don't think it's, like, a naturally occurring thing. Oh, um, really? I can't swear to that, but I think that's true. 
Huh. It's like this interesting. It's like the new technology. Or maybe they just meant that like applying it to the bottom of ships is a new technology. That's how I, I took it. Eh, regardless. Indeed. <laughs> um This is where Garp reveals like who Luffy's dad is. <laughs> and when he says that he like saw him off at Rogue Town, most of the crew looks kind of confused. <laughs> But Sanji looks downright shocked, uh, so it's my headcanon that he puts the pieces together before the others, that it's Dragon. Oh. Um, maybe that's just because I like Sanji, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's a notable smart guy. Uh, and I think Nami says here that like she's heard of Dragon. Is that correct? Uh, I think Nami and Robin have. They both have like information on him that they give. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm glad it's like... It's a little bit strange, like, in a future arc where, like, the Tenryu Bito were, like, kind of a big deal everywhere, right? And, like, Nami's never heard of these guys. But, uh, glad that that was not the case with this very famous dragon fella. Well done. Uh, I would also like to point out that Garp dropped this enormous lore bomb regarding Luffy's parentage uh, while picking his nose. (laughs) He's the most casual man. That's why I like him so much. Indeed. Good all, good all, Garp. Yeah, falls asleep at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. uh, picks his nose. Real powerful. What more could you want? Dog helmet? Yeah, don't know what that's about, but it is cool, and I like it. Uh, <laughs> and he like bursts in to like the hotel they're staying at just because he thought it would be cooler, and then like, and it was. <laughs> he was right, and then his men like give him a hard time about it. Like, you don't expect us to fix that giant hole you made, do you? You got to help us. And I like that it's a bit of a a rapport there. <laughs> well, yeah, and he he also is immediately like, okay, fine, <laughs> right? He gets bullied by his own guys. Yeah, <laughs> good old Garp. There's a scene later where uh, he's like attacking, and I think Helmeppo is like holding him back or something. <laughs> like the the crew is used to this. Indeed. I really want to get more information about like the dude in the hat that hangs out with him. You see him like one time in this, but he was like. Very prominent in like the the cover arc. He appears to be Garp's number one guy. I don't even think we got a name for the that one with guy. the sword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like got his eyes covered by his hat. Yeah, very interesting character. We don't know anything about that man, and gosh darn it, do I want to? <laughs> Maybe someday I'd love more Garp content. We can dream. He'll be around. <laughs> uh, but back to this, we. Get the arc ending party of Water 7 slash Eni's uh, lobby where Sanji earns the title of fastest cook alive uh, only for it to be un- interrupted by Aokiji who's like this is where he's kind of sort of a cool guy I guess. On account uh, of ice powers. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Uh, but yeah it turns out he and Saul were buds so Aokiji like takes on the burden for him. So I can respect that. This dude, he grows on me every time we see him. Yeah, he like felt like he had an obligation because of his friendship to Saul to at least see how Robin turned out before like trying to actively murder her. So a little bit of a code, at least with this man, which is in stark contrast to some other Marines that we know. Yeah, he's complicated. Real anti-hero, I guess. Uh, but... 
After that, we get a little cut of a conversation between Whitebeard and Shanks where a lot, lot, lot of lore <laughs> just kind of comes out. Oh, yes. This is a juicy conversation. <laughs> yeah. We get Conqueror's Hockey. Uh, we find out that Shanks and Buggy were on Roger's crew. <laughs> we see the origins of Blackbeard being a real poop. Uh, there's a lot of talk about scars. Shanks drinks out of a sake cup that's way too big for him. And it's one of my favorite things to look at. It's great. He chugs it, too. It really holds his liquor, that guy. There was more liquid in that cup than, like, Shane's entire body mass. And he downs it all. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. But it's from his hometown. So, like, he knows knows what he's doing. Yeah. I really like that little moment. Because it, like, says a lot about, like, Whitebeard that he, like, respects that kind of thing. He was initially Mm -hmm. talking trash about it a little bit and turning his nose up on it. But, uh mentions that it was made in his hometown and that like kind of sentimental value uh boosted it in whitebeard's eyes yeah he's not a completely like cold and hard dude he mm-hmm. i mean he we know that he for sure cares about his crew so like yeah he's got a he's got a soft side and we find out way later that he's got a particular soft spot for his own hometown uh yeah yeah that's true mm-hmm. what a guy i miss him but that's, I mean, that that's most of what we see there. And then I think it cuts straight to, like, Ace confronting Blackbeard right after Shanks was like, hey, I want you to tell Ace not to do this. <laughs> um, but we don't quite get the payoff for that yet. Uh, first, we flash back to where the Thousand Sunny is, like, actually finished. And Frankie officially joins the crew after some uh, shenanigans. Uh they're about to run away. Garp pulls out his meteor fish shower, whatever move. Uh, I have to assume he's still taking it easy on Luffy here. Um, and this is where Usopp learns a real tough lesson uh, about admitting when you're wrong. Indeed. Uh, I feel a little bit bad for Usopp, but not really. Zoro's just right. <laughs> He is, yeah. I feel bad for Usopp because he's been through a lot, but yeah, it's a good moment for both Luffy and Zoro. Water 7 was a real wake-up call for the Straw Hats in a variety of ways. Uh, and it's like kind of shown in like the parallel with the Mary, just like how the Mary wasn't equipped to take on the rougher seas of the Grand Line. Uh, up until this point, the Straw Hats were not quite equipped with their like crew structure as it was. Uh, Zora even points it out here Like under ordinary circumstances they're free to goof around as they like uh, the Straw Hats are a family you know but when things get rough they gotta get serious and part of that getting serious thing is respecting Luffy as their captain uh, which is not something that Usopp was willing to do uh, in like serious circumstances like with the Mary before they actually left for any sloppy uh, so to let Usopp return like nothing happened would be regressing to like the structure as things were before and Zoro was not quite chill with that yeah it was a serious thing that happened like <laughs> yeah you can't just overlook it <laughs> um yeah uh so right before they actually blast off right Garp pulls out <laughs> the biggest iron ball on the planet from 
somewhere? <laughs> Let me tell you precisely where it came from. There's a man on, he's like an affiliate crew of Whitebeard. Uh, his name is Plamenko. He has the ability to, uh, he's got like pockets on his body that he can store really big things in, right? So Darp's pants at this point had eaten Plamenko's devil fruit. That's where he pulled it out from. And then between this and Marineford, his pants die. <laughs> the fruit respawns somewhere near Blamenko. He eats the fruit. Bam, boom. No continuity lost. <laughs> Were you ready for me to ask this, or did you just do that off the top of your noggin? I had a feeling you were going to bring up the big ball, but uh, <laughs> the specifics of what just occurred, straight out of my ass. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's the only explanation that I'll accept. Uh, anytime that pants die, I'm into the story. <laughs> Quite so. So anyway, they fly away with plenty of style points. Uh, and we then kind of like check in with every crew member's home and a few other key locations as they see all their new bounties, which is just nice. I love that. It was a, I, I had forgotten that that was a thing, but we, I think we hit them all and they're all just like, Yay, good. <laughs> Except for Sanji's uh, punks who think it is well, simply hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was going to happen regardless, I think. Indeed. Um, but boy, did they have a field day with this one. Yeah. And like Dalton suspecting that like a chopper's number on it was like a misprint <laughs> or something. Like, no, yeah. That's, that's the right number. Yeah, chopper's whole reaction to his bounty was delightful. A lot of those bounties are kind of weird, though. Not a lot of them, but a few. It's a little weird to me, and I think I've brought this up before, but it's weird to me that Robin's bounty only grows up by one million <laughs> compared yeah. to what she had as a child. Uh, Nami took down a CP9 agent by herself, and her bounty is like just barely over Buggy the Clowns. That's a little strange. And uh, even Luffy's kind of seems low when you compare it to like we find out kids is later it's like what on earth did kid do that was scarier to the government than luffy basically burning down they're like judicial island one of the big three islands to the marines hmm. that's true i guess i i had forgotten about the whole kid thing but uh yeah a little bit suspicious yeah, a little, a little weird, but nothing we can do about that now, I guess. I'm still sending letters even now. <laughs> uh, keep going till your hand gets tired. It'll work eventually. Uh, then we get into the real substance of Ace versus Blackbeard. Uh, the man with a very confusing fruit power. <laughs> yeah, he describes his darkness as gravity, which is all well and good. Mm -hmm. But he, like, sucks stuff into his darkness, which you would think would just, like, crush it. And it does break it, but, like, he spits out chunks of stuff, which doesn't seem to quite jive with, like, infinite gravity, as he describes. He's just, like, storing no. it in his darkness. It's like Blumentro's pocket fruit, <laughs> basically. Right? Yeah. I, I really do not know. Also, he's... A logia, but like not really. Yeah, 
he he takes the pain and it it absorbs it and amplifies it. He can stop a fruit user from having their powers. Like there's so much here. There's been a theory flying around for years that like the reason that Blackbeard's body is not like malleable like most Lodias is because you know a crocodile had to become a solid human being when he was hit by his natural enemy water but pretty much always unless there's like pure darkness some light is going to be hitting blackbeard which is of course the opposite of darkness Uh, so hmm. and that's kind of a part of uh goes into a larger theory which theorizes that uh the reason blackbeard was able to like steal whitebeard's devil fruit uh when he went under that black cloth was because under there in pitch darkness he was able to fully transform into darkness and suck out the devil fruit pretty much yeah yeah okay that checks out remains to be seen whether or not that is true but that is a the most solid theory i've seen pretty strong theory (laughs) there's evidence there's precedent i like it a lot yeah thank you for sharing uh the battle itself is i mean it's weird to say but it's like very fun and flashy uh as a way to i guess show just how powerful both ace and blackbeard are Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i mean it's also the inciting incident of the whole marineford arc so i know that's like a hundred chapters or something (laughs) from now but it's still relevant almost everything that happens after like the thriller bark stuff even some stuff that happens during thriller bark is like because of this so yeah great big deal pretty big deal (laughs) Plus, Blackbeard's street cred in, like, the eyes of the reader has just been increased dramatically to be found out that he, like, hurt Shanks pretty bad before he even had a devil fruit. Yeah, that's, that is a a weird thing to me, too. Like, to get that close to Shanks and land a hit, yeah, that's a, a pretty big achievement. It's weird that that's not, like, publicly known. I mean, what situation was Blackbeard and Shanks in where prior to him having a devil fruit, where he was like publicly a nobody, uh, he, like like you said, got close enough to Shanks to deal a big attack on him like that? There's really like some details on like what happened there. That would be great. I don't know if we'll ever get it. Maybe that's what the Shanks movie is about. We just cracked the plot of One Piece Film Red. We did it. There it is. <laughs> We're ready for it. We don't get much of either like Ace or Blackbeard in the series, but Oda uses the time that they have very efficiently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is one of the most beloved fights in the franchise, and it's very brief, and we don't even get like a full conclusion. We Well, no, it concludes, no. but like... We don't find out what happened until way later. <laughs> yeah, Oda loves to do that to us. Classic Oda. Damn that man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for me. Um, you ready for bits or you got some other stuff? Uh, I am ready for bits. Just going down my list real quick because I think I covered pretty much all of them as we were going through. Uh, it's best to double check. Except for one. Uh, uh, Luffy learning how to eat in his sleep because he was deeply distressed (laughs) by the idea of missing out on meals after a big fight. 
Yeah, can't <laughs> miss any opportunity. That probably helps him heal faster, too, considering how Luffy's body works. So it's helping Chopper do his job. So well done, Luffy. Yeah, it actually explains a lot of what Luffy can do in the series later. Indeed. Well done. Um, for my bits, like right at the start of this bit, it might have even been in 430, we get one frame of just like a super stern looking iceberg and peeking out of his pocket is just a super chipper mouse. It's pretty good. Good old Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yep. Love that guy. <laughs> uh, Sanji has many good reactions in this. <laughs> uh, we already said wanted poster, but also like Fishman Island, uh, a few others. Pretty good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Frankie. Only has one set of trunks, which Chopper put in his mouth. Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> Not good. Maybe. Not a good move, Chopper. You're a doctor. Stop it. Maybe he washes them every hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's a diligent yeah. man. Um, and then Luffy, when saying goodbye to the Marines, did not say Helmeppo's name. He said Grandpa and Kobe and... <laughs> anyway i'm glad that i got to see you again and it's just so good you can really like pinpoint the moment where luffy's brain turned off while trying to remember how meppo's name <laughs> and then he just stopped caring yeah. just moved right past that little blip he was a busy guy he was having like cannonballs being lobbed at him his grandpa was trying to send him to a watery grave and then just <laughs> he had bitter fish to fry basically <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. We uh, we're out of bits. Alrighty, uh, like I said before, there is a Shonen Jump break next week. Uh, the next chapter will be released on January third, which is again a Monday this time around for some reason. Um, good luck avoiding spoilers, dear readers. Godspeed to the lot of you. Uh, but to cap off our final episode of our first year of podcasting, I wanted to read Oda's message from Jump Festa, uh, much like how we did in our first episode. How fun. That's, yeah, a nice little, little book. <laughs> Indeed. Oda's message reads as follows, uh, translated by Arter. Uh, I will link to his Twitter in the description, as I always do. <clears throat> to everyone attending Jump Festa, as well as those watching online. Hello, this is baseball player Shohei Odatani, Nitoryu dual wielder of, ship of stiff shoulders and back pain. Now then, this year we had the party that was chapter 1000 of the manga, the party that was volume 100, and the party that was episode 1000 of the anime. This really was a year of non-star party party. There were a lot of projects. Did you enjoy participating? There were a few announcements, too. The cast of the Hollywood One Piece live-action adaptation was announced. They're perfect, aren't they? Those five are really amazing. Even now, the production is still proceeding slowly and carefully. And there's Film Red, An Unknown Girl, Shanks, Luffy, Speedy of Shanks. <laughs> the, the truth is that he's still a character of many mysteries. What's his relationship with the girl? Will he meet Luffy? This is the first time Shanks has properly appeared in the movie, after all. Oh, he will appear. <laughs> they tried to stop me from announcing anything, but I went and said it, so I win. <laughs> Furthermore, next year is actually the 25th anniversary of the manga. 
The staff members are still planning a variety of things, so please look forward to them. Regarding the main story, I'm surprised that the Wano country is not over. Anyway, Luffy, please pay attention to the main character. I hope I can draw it well. Also, I've always wanted to draw the last scene of the Wano country. Basically, I'm super excited for One Piece next year. I hope you keep rooting for One Piece. A classic, comedic, heartfelt message from the man, Aichiro Oda himself. What a guy. Indeed. Um, And unless you have a comment to make on that, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Here's to another fun year of One Piece and to our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye.